Man, you just you just ended up on the podcast. Did I really? Yeah. Uh, hey, this is Don with the Bacash Podcast, and sitting across from me in Espanol. Espanol. Um, as yo. Let's see. Oh man, I can't remember how to me say llamo that. Yeah, me llamo es Scott. See, si. mucho gusto. I said nice uh, to meet you. See, I can't do it on the fly. I can't do it on the fly. And we did restart Duolingo. Oh, did you? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm only at like fourteen hundred in some days. Wow, that's not many at all. Nope, straight without a break. I'm looking it up now. See, we usually do it during the weekdays. So we're at the dinner table, and what we you don't? I'm one thousand four hundred and two straight days. Straight days. Straight days. That's like three years or more than that. I, three six nine. That's more. What? That's almost four years worth of. One thousand four hundred and two <laughs> divided by three hundred and sixty-five equals three point eight four years. So almost four years of straight. Wow, I'm impressed. I'm just not fast with it yet. I mean, I still have to have like the hits and the helps and. I have the. Uh, I do the twenty XP a day. Okay. So I don't know. Like I know there's people longer than me. I mm-hmm. don't know if they're like going for 50 or if they're going for 10 okay like i don't know but i figured 20 was a good it's a waiting for your wife in the car it's waiting for the virtual machine to reboot you know it's like that kind of stuff i can do and knock out some okay and now they have um uh the stories and you can usually get 30 ish xp on a story so you basically read through a story they have stories yeah do you have to get further along? You have to do that on the web. Oh, so if you go to Duolingo.com and log in, you can do the stories. Oh, okay. And I'll do those sometimes, and I'm like, I just need to get out of the way. Okay. Um, I test out of level one on the app mm-hmm. as far as I can. Okay. And then I, uh, I'll go farther depending. Okay. But on the app, you cannot test out anything past level one, I think. But on the website, you can test out as high as you want. Okay. See, I'm doing with Hadessa and Naomi. So, like, it's one of those that... That's his daughter's. Oh, yeah. So, we're, we're kind of starting over. And we'll, we have our time where we eat. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you testing out with them would be dumb. Oh, yeah. Like, sorry, girls. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> lo sienten, chicas. <laughs> so, so we're, we're working on it. And, yeah. I, I haven't <laughs> had an opportunity recently to have like a, a long Spanish conversation. It's been a, a while. I kind of miss it. I need okay. to, I had all those California schools I was working with and I'd go out there and almost inevitably run into someone or I went down to uh, uh, South Florida for a school to work with, with them and I uh, had a couple, I ate at a couple Cuban restaurants and stuff. So I had great opportunities to try it out. But like, I mean, now I'm like going to Minnesota. There's like a actually surprising uh, contingency of like South African and mm-hmm. uh, that like uh communities there yeah but like that doesn't help me with spanish in any way right. so there's See, not should, a lot of spanish in south africa you should use your son's playstation <laughs> get online and play some uh video games i'd have to some release spanish that parental lock and be like all right we can play online no yeah i, I really should so i can learn all, how to pwn noobs in spanish and Absolutely. get yelled at by 12 year olds in different See, languages it's important i had a um what were we watching I can't remember. We were watching something. We found out that like the colloquialisms were basically like swear words because we were like going to Google Translate to figure out what that. I was like, "What did they just say? Wait, what the heck is that?" And he was like, "Oh, those aren't good words." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, maybe someday I'll learn more. But okay. I can read it okay. Speak it's a little tough. 
I always uh, get intimidated when, uh, like, I can pick up words and pick up things that people are saying, but like responding, I always like, I just panic and I can't. Uh, I've talked to a few, and most are very appreciative of you taking a swing at it. Oh, really? As a matter of fact, um, oh, I can't remember. I believe gringo is the word for a foreigner specifically white person who actually is making an attempt oh. like it's more of a positive term like the gringo is somebody who's trying to learn and there's other words for those that are not oh so, really okay um you know so i'd rather be a gringo then yeah because at least you're taking a swing at it okay cool uh as, as opposed to whatever other term they have for those <laughs> who are not uh so yeah because a lot of times you hear like gringo is the uh it, it, people try and make it an insult but it's not really it's actually like oh at least he's taking a swing but to be a good gringo if you were to at least use one or two word answers you know it's appreciative okay i was talking to oh my gosh here we go here goes our banter yeah. i was talking to some people from a college in california i'm trying not to name the colleges because you know where our influence could embarrass them right um and i was uh they had offered me a position out there uh kind of a headhunt and uh so i was like well my spanish is not very good and uh the one lady had said something in Spanish and I responded in Spanish and she was like, Oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> and, uh, so that was actually, that was in June that I did that. What but, did you say? Um, I care. I think we we're talking about, uh, gosh, I can't remember. I think we we're talking about fine, like money, uh-huh. like, or whatever. And I basically like told her, like, I need to, uh, like I couldn't afford to go out there or whatever. And like, she told somebody like, um, how much do you think the college would pay him was basically what she asked. And I was like, I w- it would have to be enough to like, you know, be worth it or whatever. And so that she's, I don't know if she meant it. She's like, name your price. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> we're going to be naming prices here. California is expensive. <laughs> like, so apparently and she I've was, got a standard of living. I got a, <laughs> so apparently she wasn't okay with your price. Uh, no, actually she's made mention of it since then. And oh, I mean, really? like, I'm just like, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's not like coastal California. It's like inland California. Oh, then what's the point of doing that? There's still no winter. But there's no beach or mountains uh, or anything. You're going to make me Google map to see how long it would take. No, no, no. It's actually uh, within like, it's within six hours of like 12 national parks or something crazy. Six hours? That's not like. Within six hours of 12. Okay. Meaning there's some that are closer. Okay. Because I was like, if you're saying within 30 minutes, that's more legit. But I'll see what's close. And that's 30 minutes without like crazy traffic. I'm, not, I'm still not naming the name of the institution on here, so I'm trying to like look this up without. Oh, without. Um, but just so you know, it's almost 2,000 miles away from here. <laughs> wow. However. Yeah, because you guys have the dream of Florida. But oh, I think yeah. that coastal California would be nicer. I would be close Depending. to the Sierra National Forest. I'd be close to Yosemite National Park. All those are like within probably an hour to Sequoia National Forest. Uh, I almost named the place cause I saw it. I would be within about three to four hours of San Francisco. I'd also be three to four hours from LA, which LA is not my favorite place. Um, which means I'm about four hours from San Diego. So, you know, it's not oh, too horrible. It's not too bad. It's not the worst. So I, th- I think one time, <coughs> so Sarah and I went out to California just to like, Ooh, it's kind of close to Death Valley. We tried to go to uh, job interviews, and I didn't have any job interviews lined up. We just flew out to California. We're like, oh, okay. Uh, we just flew out to try California. It's like, hey, let's move out here sometime. Let's go job hunting. And I had like probably by the end of the week, I had like 
four to six interviews, I guess. Um, Dude, if you pick up any of those again, we can move the show to California. Well, I actually did get a job, <laughs> but I turned it down. Um, because it wasn't the time. We had to establish establish <laughs> this podcast in England, apparently. Well, that didn't uh, make much money. But we did. I did have an interview that I didn't take. And we drove out. It was like Nipomo, California. So sorry if there's yeah, anyone. No, no, I know Pomo. It's like a small little town. Um, so I called from the Walmart. And I was like, we're not going to be able to make <laughs> it. But I was living in a small town at the time. And I was like, I'm not going back oh, to a small town. Well, I was town. like, what's wrong with small town California? Um, I have a friend who's a pastor out in uh, a bigger small town in California. Uh, he wants me to go to that where I showed you because we'd be kind yeah. of down the street from him. But. He doesn't. He actually loves it. Really? I joke with him. I call him the pastor of camping because he like, it's like every other weekend he's like doing the men's retreat out of blah blah blah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> the heck, man? What kind of life do you live? <laughs> uh, I'm saying you're like trying to like get out of this desk job, trying to like you know, be like adventurous and stuff. And he's like every other weekend like I'm a pastor, but I must go camping with my people. Like what? Well, the the, the job I turned down, the pastor, we him and I still talked for a long time after that. Um, even after I turned down a job, he's like, so Scott, I just want you to know that it is 70 degrees right now. <laughs> it is winter, and I think it's snowing where you're at. My uh, uh, my Uncle Tom, who's passed away, sadly, lived in Bakersfield, mm -hmm. and he would, like, troll my dad on the phone. He would, like, call him and be like, yeah, we got to, you know, uh, get the pool ready. We got some people coming over. And my dad's like, yeah, I'm shoveling snow, you know, kind of <laughs> thing. So, Yeah, he, he tried for a while to get me to come out, and I was like, nah, I'm like, I, I can't. I was out in uh, San Bernardino, which is desert. It's mm -hmm. the Inland Empire. And I noticed like a lot of backyards had like a pool that would probably fit in our studio here. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, that's uh, just so you guys know, our studio is a basement bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you're a lot of little like, you know, 11 foot, you know, circumference backyard pools kind of thing. I was going to say, if you live sense, out there, you yeah. got to have the, the water. And actually, it would make sense if you if it's all year round anyway. Like for right. three months out here, it's like, really? I mean, yeah, you open the pool and you got to close it or else it could damage the pool or you you know you're not using it. So it's not worth running all the equipment. Right, right. Out there, it's probably like, yeah, give the air conditioner a break. Let's go hang out in the backyard pool and boil. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. All right. So anyway, mm -hmm. Moses yeah, did oh, yeah, not have a pool. Yeah, Winter's on its way to Ohio. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Um, By the time you hear this, it'll be cold. <laughs> that's probably true, yeah. Uh, let's see if we're about, yeah, almost three months out from when this gets posted. Yeah. And it is September. It's going to be like 90-something tomorrow. Like my yeah. little weather bug app said it's a cactus day tomorrow. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that this morning. I was a little bit like, okay. Yeah, but it was 75 fun. last week. Oh, I'm coaching football in 90 degrees tomorrow, so I have a bunch of oh. smelly middle school kids on oh, the field. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Not really. If only I could hand the duties off to somebody like Joshua could to Moses. You said duties. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're, we're not going to be doing Ezekiel for a while. So anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, that was a loud hat. I'm like, maybe I should put the headphones back on to see how loud that was. Anyway, yeah. All right. So we're on uh, chapter 31 tonight. Um, and when we say chapter one, we're going to go from verse one through 29, because really verse 30 uh, does much better when we connect it with with 32. Um, so we won't spoil this, the uh, singing that Moses is going to do in, in chapter 32. Um, we'll let you read his song and then um, Don will sing the uh, chapter 32. And I'm going to write a chorus. <laughs> oh, write and, a chorus for it. I, I looked over. It. I was like, man, there's not a lot of like 
like you don't repeat the course a few times through like how are you really going to get the that is true the so hook. You, there's no hook i need a taylor swift hook in that. yeah you do but without the taylor swift right uh-huh. yeah i'm about done with her maybe by the time this comes out she'll have retired yeah th- that's what it's wishful thinking anyway all right so with that sorry tay tay um, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna create a course but i'm not sorry oh sorry yeah we'll get onto this yes sorry. rare um, form so anyway so that's yeah. next time this time is chapter 31 and we're going to start off by going through verse 8 so moses continued to speak these words to all israel and he said to them i am 120 i am 120 years old sorry today (laughs) sorry i had to flip the page i am no longer able to go out and come in the lord has said to me you shall not go over this jordan the Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you. And you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with the people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Were you playing beer pong? Um, no. There's a bunch of solo cups and ping pong balls down here, Scott. Do we need oh. to have an intervention? Oh, we had an outreach that we used. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I promise you, I can focus on this. I can focus on at least these nine verses. We can do this. Catholic festival has alcohol, right? <laughs> so we put together little games for kids and, and you know. Yeah. Excuse me. I got to cough these allergies. <laughs> All right. So with that, um, so who wrote Joshua, just out of curiosity? I can't remember. Do, we, do you know who wrote Joshua? Uh, was it Moses? No, no, I thought, no. no J- was Moses dead. was yeah. dead. I always thought it was Joshua. Okay. Um, or was it one of those just named after the first word or something? Well, I know he was saying be strong and courageous. And I know in Joshua, like it says, be strong and courageous a whole lot. Oh, actually, I, I got some notes on that. Oh, do you? A little bit, Oh, yeah. the be strong and courageous part? Yeah, what it means, why it's said... Must turn. Ba- I need like to. I'm trying to turn the page here to Joshua. Death of Moses, servant of the Lord, and Moses. I don't know. I thought. I thought history. We just assumed Joshua wrote it. I wouldn't be surprised if some thought Samuel maybe, but okay. I would have thought it was Joshua. Yeah, because didn't we think Samuel wrote uh, the Judges? Right. Yeah. I mean, he could have. I just don't. I haven't I really. Don't know. Okay, so anyway, yeah. So with that, I just know be strong and courageous was mentioned a lot of times in Joshua, and I was like, huh, I wonder if. But I was like, wait, he'd be dead. So at 120 years old, he is an old man, and I give him props for still walking in general. Well, um, that's, that's what that phrase "I am no longer able to go out and come in" actually means is there's not a whole lot he can do. Period. All right, I get that, but 120. That, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, we're resting here, folks. Yes, but yeah, that's uh, when he says I'm no longer able to come out and come in. Uh, the Hebrew idiom there is basically like, I can't really even care for myself. It's like there's not the ability probably for him to walk. Right. Uh, or make his own food or dress himself. So he's probably definitely surrounded by helpers at okay. this point. He's very advanced in years. Well, chapter 22, he's able to sing. 
you know, I've heard a few old people try and belt one out. That's true. That's but, true. No, yeah, but I mean, even that, you know, in our day and age, if you meet somebody who's 96, 97, they might be in a wheelchair, they might be pushed around, but that doesn't mean they lose all faculties. Right, you know? right. So, but yeah, it's definitely, he's, he was physically unable to do as much as he could. So it's interesting that it, like, you know, he's, he's getting ready to commission them a new leader mm-hmm. in Joshua. Um, but it's not just because he like grew old wandering around the desert with them. It's because he actually is like, uh, barred from going into the promised land period. So he does have to pass on this, uh, legacy to somebody else, which by this point, He's probably glad that he's kind of barred. Like God probably did him a favor, because uh, I mean, no, I think he's uh-huh. still, he still kind of has like, because you people screwed up. I'm not going. To, you know, that's fair. He never he never takes the uh, the what do you call it ownership? Yeah, for what him like double striking the rock. It's always that's like, did you thick headed numbskulls left me flustered? Sometimes when go. you're angry, you don't really think through those <laughs> things. I'll let there be water. Darn it! Quack quack. You know, kinda, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, the, the be strong and courageous. I kind of looked into that a little bit and was trying to see, uh, actually I wasn't trying to see. It was a note that kind of jumped out at me is the be strong. So we've all heard probably the Joshua versus version of it. Be strong and afraid for the Lord your right. God is with you. Um, there's probably been like a million little cartoons made and precious moments figures of a little kid in a soldier's outfit and being strong and courageous. But like the... Uh, strong there, while it could mean physically strong, it was actually more of an internal strength that one would uh, wish somebody when they're getting over like a, an illness. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind yeah. of interesting. It wasn't necessarily like, a, you know, go lift weights, get jacked and take some creatine and be courageous and take out the enemy. It was more of a like, like, a, you know, be well, be put together, be firm, you know, like mm-hmm. be like in a good state physically overall like i don't want to say pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of thing but there definitely is that connotation like you know get your get yourself in order a little bit it wasn't necessarily a like you know go roid out and crush some enemy's skulls right it, it was not necessarily an outward focused strength okay so that's what that's what, uh it's mentioned i think 15 total times i'm trying to math in my head i think it's 15 times it is mentioned in the old testament to be strong and courageous oh wow uh and we'll see it repeated here a couple times uh and then seven of those times the follow-up is uh also be strong and courageous and don't be afraid okay so i thought that's kind of interesting you have be strong be courageous like that whole overcoming and then that like be brave and stuff like that and then don't be afraid and mm. i couldn't find why that don't be afraid ha- went hand in hand with the courageous. I couldn't find any like, oh, well, that's a different Hebrew term or something that means something else. But well, if you fear of, God and fear God alone, you shouldn't fear anything else. Yeah, but wouldn't it being courageous also indicate that you had no fear? Yes, but the, you, the mm. Hebrew and the English don't always come together the way that. Right. So sometimes we translate it one way, but there's there's a deeper meaning. Um I don't know if your your Bible or your commentary had anything about that or that's why I'm checking you really quick. <coughs> all, the, all the notes end right before that verse. Come on, really? <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't have anything specifically on that. Um and telling to the Moses. I did have so so I put that Moses basically the one through eight, um, Moses announces a change in leadership and I put kind of. Um because ultimately 
Um, it is the Lord, uh, your God himself, who is going to be there as you cross over. Um, Joshua is kind of the, the human uh, leader to remind them um, ultimately of who it is that's in charge and who it is that, that is leading them into the promised land. Um, but, uh, but ultimately, God is going to be the one himself that's going to, to cross over with them. So really quick, the be strong here uh, often refers to an individual's are urged to display the tenacity and resolve necessary. For some reason, I thought you put headphones on uh, to accomplish a worthy goal. The second verb to be courageous describes inner strength that displays fortitude, commitment and perseverance, even in the face of potentially overpowering circumstances. Seven of those occurrences are accompanied by the command to not fear. That's literally the notes on it. Oh. <clears throat> so I could say that, like, okay, being courageous could actually mean something a little bit different in that case because you're, it's a more of a perseverance. Okay. Be courageous, go through, finish that really hard task, and then not fear could mean something different. But yeah, not a whole lot. Okay. So sorry, right. didn't mean to backtrack us, but I, I, I wanted no. to. No. So we didn't yeah. didn't really fully move on. Yeah, move on. But sorry about all the sniffles, the sinuses. So you guys got to hear it. All right. All right. And then cold seasons come up. You always love that when, yeah. you know, one of us has a cold or is coughing or sneezing. You know where I wouldn't be sick? Where's that? Florida or California. Y- they don't have like a flu season or something? Shut up. Sometimes. <laughs> so, somewhere in there. No, no it's just idea. warmer and nicer outside so that when you're sick, you can sit out at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. I'm going to sit by the pool. That sounds great. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Anyway. So nine through okay. So this next part, um, so this next part, um, we are going to get into what a chiastic. Yeah. So the remainder of the chapter, at least a big chunk of it, has that chiastic structure, uh, which basically is that what is it like A B C C B A structure. So mm-hmm. you would have a a main idea, and it would be followed by a sub point, and then it would be followed by a, a second sub point. Then that second sub point might be repeated. And then you would go back to that first sub point, And then you go back to that main idea, um, which was basically a, a way of designating that, Hey, this is important. It was, it was a common structure that you see throughout the old Testament. I think we've, have we discussed it we've before? D- I think we've done a couple. Okay. Yeah. And so this one, if you're thinking like, say like an outline type, you're going to be like kind of in an outline, you be like, well, here's, bullet point one and then you have a b c d e f this is more like an a b c b a is that mm. wait what's here a that's, b, that's what i have c b b no no it'd be a b c d d c a it skips over b i think what i don't know whatever okay i have i have it, I have it. he writes the law so that's A. Uh-huh. Joshua's commission, B. Mm-hmm. The death of Moses, which does not get repeated. But then he comes back out and goes, people will forget, the people will forget. And then Joshua's commission, and then he goes back to, I give you the written law. Okay, so I have A being right, the writing of the law, um, B, the commissioning of Joshua, yeah. C, the reason for the song of Moses, oh, um, B, you're, you're better. B, the commissioning of Joshua, A, the writing of the law. Oh, it's probably a bigger chiastic structure than we thought then. Yeah. Because I have the I have the people forgetting as part of the structure. Okay. So, so I when have... Because he, he's going to give them the law and then they're going to... 
turn away. And he Which would have been that twice. So I think that's C, the reason for the song of Moses, right? I don't know. Let's let's okay. we didn't find so out. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. As we argue over chiastic structure, you guys are like, what? So you'll see. Um, we're gonna talk about a lot of repeated elements of this. And just know that those are part of that structure. And if you have a good commentary or a good chart, you might actually have somebody spell it out for you. But if you have Scott and Don, we'll try and tell it to you in the most confusing way we can. Absolutely. But when you look at it, it still might be confusing. But maybe, might maybe not. Scott shouldn't have played beer pong before we did this episode. Hey, when you have a rough day at work, what, what can I tell? <laughs> <laughs> or, or did I play that at work? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to read it through. So I'm going to read 9 through 13. Um, this is the part of the chiastic structure that I have is writing the law and trusting to the Levites, um, assembling the people for the reading of the law. So it's, it's really about the law. Um, then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years at the set time in the year of release at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to do all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land that you are going over over the Jordan to possess. <clears throat> so um, so I guess during this time, um, we see kind of the writing of the law. Um, I have where, where Christopher Wright talks a little bit about, he said, in, in the secular treaty text, arrangements were normally uh, specified for the storage and periodic reading of the treaty. Um, specifically in this case, um, the religious leaders, the priests, are given that charge. Um, and then you have the civil leaders, which are the elders, um, which are given that um uh, they are to come together during one of the major festivals. What is that? The uh, the festival of booths. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we ultimately see where everyone—men, women, children, um, sojourners, etc.—all of them are, are included into hearing um, this and and being encouraged for them to um, follow God's commands, which is what He's been saying since the the very beginning of Deuteronomy. Right. You're looking at me. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know if you had something to say. Oh, the only thing that I really drew out of this one was the uh, mention of all of the people, the men, women, children, or little ones as it's put, the sojourner, all that. Um, the idea that in a more patriarchal, patriarchal, yeah, mm -hmm. male-dominated society, uh, it would have been semi-unusual to mention women and kids, especially since there was no distinction between sons, which in often cases there would be, uh, because of the important role that all members of the community, the society at large, had to play in this, including the outsiders and the foreigners. Mm -hmm. um, in other uh, societal treaties and stuff like that, they may not mention foreigners. They may probably would not mention the women, and they probably would not mention children, especially uh, like an all-inclusive boys and girls, they might just mention just the sons, if you're lucky. Right. Uh, so it's kind of a neat little difference, once again, that we see God values the roles of everybody who's in that community and doesn't, like, push somebody out or negate somebody right. uh, based on a, you know, typical reason. 
it's not like, oh, well, the women don't need to hear. Let, let's just tell the men kind of thing. It was like, no, everybody's going to assemble. Right. And he's ultimately teaching all of them to, to learn to hear and fear God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's teaching this community as they move into their the new land. Um, obey my commands and you'll live long. And but that, that was the whole first part of Deuteronomy. <laughs> and then, you know, throughout Deuteronomy, we continue to hear that um, as we figure out, you know, as as. God calls them to obey his commands and, and really teach them a good way to live. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's outside of that, though, that first part of that chiastic structure, that's my my only piece. OK, well, in the second part, at least what I have um, in the chiastic structure would be B commissioning of jo- Joshua. And I have come Josh, Josh. Yeah, we go way back. OK, good deal. So yeah, yeah, actually, uh, way, way, way back. Well, we want to we go so far back. We don't pronounce the J. Oh, OK, it's Yash. Oh, Yeshua. So it's not even it's Josh. Name? It's Josh. Uh, well, it'd be uh, that's where the name Jesus is derived from. It's a derivative of Joshua, mm-hmm. and the Hebrew pronunciation would have been Yeshua. Okay. So you'd have that because it derived from Yahshua. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, you know, Yash and I. We go. Wow, okay. Hebrew like that. Well, let's see. If he was what around his sixties, around this time, fifties, sixties. I mean, how old is he now? Dead. Okay. Lots of dead. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> All right. So with that, um, I have, so the commissioning of Joshua, um, I have that as being 14 through 15. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, the days approach when you must die. Call that. That's harsh. Um, <laughs> um, call Joshua and present yourself yourselves in the tent of meeting that I may commission him. And Moses and Joshua <coughs> went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood over the entrance of the tent. All right, so here we see at least the, the first time uh, we see the commissioning of Joshua, um, and, and that's kind of the, the second part of the chiastic structure that I have as B. Mm-hmm. Um, is that kind of the same in, in what you have? or? Yeah, because I had the the writing down a recording of the law, and then Joshua commissioned as being B. So. Okay. But yeah, I see what, where you, what you're saying, because I put death on Moses, but he does... I could see you counting, behold, the days approach when you must die as being kind of like, well, he's already mentioned that. It's different, but, you know. I see that's part of the commissioning. So why is Joshua being commissioned? Moses is about to die. die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other, what I thought was cool about that was, once again, God is appearing Mm -hmm. uh, to commission. So it's not just Moses arbitrarily handing down. Uh, But one thing that you see is the Old Testament wears on, and you could almost... uh, look at the fluctuation of God's people is you see less and less like, I don't know if theonomy is the right word, but basically like the governing of God, governing his people and being there present at the mm-hmm. coronation. Uh, you see more like, okay, now anointed with a sign right now heard it through the grapevine, you know, and by the time it's over, it's like God is not appointing any true Kings until Christ comes. And that's, suddenly he's coming back full force to anoint or to proclaim his son as the, you know, right. The, the Messiah with the, you know, Holy spirit descending on him, the loud voice coming out, but really from Joshua till Jesus, it lessens to the point where it's almost nothing. Right. So the coronation of Kings is done by God seems to like fade, 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 fade. So it's kind of this great, you know, 
I mean, even if you go back further than that, you could even say like even Moses's calling was kind of a big deal. God appearing, you know, in a burning bush and all that kind of stuff. Then you get Joshua, you get the pillar of uh, cloud showing up at his coronation and like God, you know, one on one it like Joshua, you're the man. I'm here to, you know, hand over the people to you. He's like part of that ceremony. And then as you move on, it's like, like I said, uh, Saul gets anointed by a prophet. Then David gets anointed. Then it becomes a uh, monarchy where David's anointing his son. So you're starting to see the crown passed down. So by the time you get done with Kings and Chronicles and like Babylonian rule and all that stuff, nobody's appointing anyone and God's not showing up at any coronation festivals oh, wow. until Jesus. Jesus. Yep. So it's kind of a a sad thing that you see where you just kind of see it to fade, right. fade farther away. God's hand lesson in what Israel is doing. and Right. As they're turning their backs and walking away, he is, you know, obviously we'll see he still delivers them multiple times and stuff like that. But you can almost see where they're, in a sense, pushing God out of the ceremony. Right. So, yeah. Sad. Yeah. I can make so many political commentaries on our state today, but I'm just don't have that, <laughs> that capacity right now. Um, so. no comment. So with that, <laughs> um, these third part of the chiastic structure that, that I have is the reason for the song of Moses. And I have 16 through 22 as being part of that. And this is where I put the one off in the chiastic structure was this section of verses, a uh, part of it because of where Moses mentions dying again, but I can see where that could be wrong too. So, okay. so here's, here's what we got. Um, 16 through 22. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers. Then this people will rise and whore after the foreign gods among them in the land that they are entering. And they will forsake me and break my covenant that I have made with them. Then my anger will be kindled against them in this, that day. And I will forsake them and hide my face from them. And they will be devoured. And many evils and troubles will come upon them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day, because of all the evil that they have done, because they have turned to other gods. Now, therefore, write this song and teach it to the people of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the people of Israel. And for when I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to give to their fathers, and they have eaten and are full and grown fat, they will turn to other gods and serve them and despise me and break my covenant. And when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall comfort them as a witness, for it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. For I know what they are inclined to do even today before I have brought them into the land that I swore to give. So Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the people of Israel. And we'll get to that song next chapter. Yeah, what's crazy? But yeah, though, I can definitely see. Yeah, it does kind of swirl into the song and then come back out to the song. Yeah, so I see the chiasm. So, so, so like, what is the reason for this this song? Well, they're going to fall away. Um, they're going to be disobedient. Don't you love the gonna, optimism? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> they haven't even got into the land, yeah. and they're already, you're going to fail. Uh, which um, is, you know, as our, I think we should, we could take comfort in that, knowing our sin nature, mm -hmm. that we're going to fail. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, in, in the same way, he's like writing a song of comfort for them, and, you know, there's, there's some grace, uh, even in your sin mm -hmm. kind of thing. I mean, how many times do I see God move one week and the next week I'm like crying? Like Where are you? Yeah. you Why me again? Uh -huh. 
Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so unfortunately, I wish I could slam them and not put myself in their situation, but nah, I'm pretty bad on that one. Thank yeah. you for Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, so anyway, so that's the re- so we'll we'll talk about the song next week. Sounds like God kind of gave him the song to write. Then he didn't just write it on his own, right? Yeah, which we you know obviously with the uh, one Moses being the greatest prophet, mm-hmm. uh, it shouldn't be a surprise because we see all scripture is God breathed, inspired, etc. Um, useful re- for teaching and rebuking, mm-hmm. correction. <laughs> but uh, with that being the case, like it should not be a surprise that this was given to him, especially given to somebody of Moses' stature. Right. And then they did a much better job of memorizing things back then than we do today, so they didn't necessarily need a good hook, line, or chorus. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? Maybe in Hebrew it does play out well. Uh, it could be, yeah. So I'm unfortunately not <coughs> fluent in Hebrew, I can't tell you. Yeah. But I can look at it. And the Feast of Booths, like this, would this be part of what was read during the Feast of Booths then? Or was that the, yeah, so question. the writing of the I law? Would, well, I don't know, because the writing of the law, would this song, was this song included? I don't recall seeing yeah, that. No. But he does say, like, in times of trouble, you'll be comforted with this. So it it would be interesting to do a study on if that song is still recited even today. Oh, that'd be good. Like curious. maybe in a, what do they call it? Like a synagogue or, I'm not sure. That's a good question. So then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi. So this law, would that have been, would that have been? Um, I think it's the 667. Leviticus and I don't know. Deuteronomy and, and all of that together or w- which law? I would, I would think, yeah, it would be the entire law. But right. yeah, I, I think like uh, traditionally we hear a lot that it's just a decalogue. Okay. But I think in some cases you're kind of underestimating. Uh, the only thing I, I kind of remember I was reading about it and I found it underwhelming is um, I think in the NIV it says like I wrote this book for you and the, the commentary is like, yeah, you know, a book's not really a book back then. It's just like what they called a piece of writing. Okay. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I imagine going to the publishers and, the you know, get the hardback binding. You know, I never mm-hmm. really thought that it was actually a book. Okay. Right. Um, so it's just, yeah, I don't think there's a lot saying what's in, you know, what's being in that part. St- away but we read in um not nehemiah well nehemiah yeah but ezra and nehemiah they read the law to the people um i'm assuming it's the whole law so i guess i always assumed it was like leviticus um and the decalogue i just assumed i I guess i need more scholarly insight to be sure so are we thinking like genesis then through no no i think it well maybe because i was thinking the whole tanakh though because they consider really consider all the of Torah, that the law, sorry. don't they? Or no? Yeah, the books of the law, but yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. It's a good, good. Dang, okay. now I feel ill, pre- Ill prepared. <laughs> I was just as I was thinking, I was just curious. It's like, so are they gonna sing this song? They got some good music to it. Like, it's a very good question. Did Moses play guitar? Uh, probably the lyre. The lyre. Uh, it's got a string, so okay. I figured. Play the harp, and the lyre, beat a drum. Playing some symbols. So really, to be a leader, you, you have you know to what? be a good musician. I I want to go to the church that goes full regulative principle, and there's like some guy just clanging a symbol in the background. That's fair. You know, yeah. I want the symbol and the harp, and <laughs> I want to hear what that sounds like. <laughs> the Come whole on. thing. You want to be RPW? I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess those. Never mind. I was going to offend a church. Um, so with that. <laughs> Let's go on to well, really, uh, one oh, on, quick, quick, just really quick. Uh, God hiding his face from his people. Um, 
you can look at this a couple of ways, but one that I guess it speaks to my personality type. I'm like, oh, God's probably just trying to avoid them. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> Hiding his face, you know. Uh, the uh, connotation here is like, you as a parent hiding the box of donuts from your kids so they don't eat anymore. He's like hiding the blessing from them is a sense of what oh, he's saying. Really? So it's not like the, uh, don't look at me. I can't see. You know, it's not like a peekaboo. It's not a hide and seek. It's like, uh, by hiding his face, he's hiding his, his essence from them. Really? Uh, okay. and he's, it's not like he's trying to avoid them, but he's basically taking it away and putting it away to where they can't get access okay. to it. So I just thought as a, as a parent, like a lot of times, it's like, oh, we're going to hide that present from the kid or we're going to, you know, right. It, it's like kind of takes a different or, you know, if you're you're trying to ghost somebody, you're trying not to answer somebody. You're like, I'm not going to I'm going to hide from I'm not going to text them back right now. I'm going to tell my phone was off. You know, it's, it takes okay. a different swing than what you might read here, where it's like he's hiding his presence from them so they don't have access to that blessing of him being amongst them. OK, so, sad again. It's it's sad reading about the demise of Israel. Like even though the foreshadowing here is like someday y'all gonna turn your backs on me when you're all fat and stupid and I'm you know it's and once again they didn't even make it into I mean well they make it into the land and then right well they've already they've already predicted their demise before that even happens right so that's all I had on that was that was my extra note so when my kids don't eat dinner tomorrow night I'm gonna hide my face from you yeah you don't get dessert you don't you don't get my blessing (laughs) where's dad hiding his face from you. <laughs> what does that mean? All right. So anyway, you know this um, combination, caffeine and cold medicine, is making for a fun podcast. Sorry, listeners. So caffeine <laughs> and cold medicine. I have the sinus uh, medicine. Okay. So it's like Sudafed plus uh, Zyrtec. Oh wow! So it's fun. So you get like the drowsy and the up at the same time. No, Zyrtec makes me a little bit zany. Oh okay. I can't take it too close to bed. Oh, because you just so. get like very like just awake in my thoughts. Like okay. yeah, I'm not sleeping. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> I hate that position. All right. So anyway, so we have A, B, C. And so at least in the chiastic structure that I've written down, I have B as being the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Verse 23, where we'll see the commissioning of Joshua. Um, So verse 23 says, And the Lord Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. Yep. All right. And so then the last part of the chiastic <laughs> structure that I have, it goes back to A. So we'll see the A, B, C, B, A. And again, the A, just like it was before, is the writing of the law, the entrusting the Levites, assembling the people, um, etc. And so here we see, um, this is 24 through 29. When Moses had finished writing the words of this law in a book to the very end, Moses commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, take this book of the law and put it by the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. That's where I got that NIV book from. Okay, go on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Interrupted. Take this book of the law and put it. It's 26. Okay. Take this book of the law and put it by the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for witness against you. For I know how I for I know how rebellious and stubborn you are. Behold, even today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord. How much more after my death? Ooh. 
Assemble to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, and I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will surely act corruptly and turn aside from the way that I have commanded you. And in the days to come, evil will befall you because you will do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger through the work of your hands. <laughs> so the for I know uh, renders better and is, is put in here is uh, the emphatic personal pronoun appearing in the phrase insert lots of Hebrew there, which means I know is best rendered. I in particular know really well or nobody knows better than I do. Hmm. So Moses in 27 is basically saying nobody knows better than me how rebellious and stubborn you are. Right. Which is true. Like how many times did he like see the rebellion and go before God? Hey, God, don't strike them all dead. Imagine. Okay. So you're, uh, you know, you're the, the leader, you're the president, you're whatever. And you get up there on like inauguration day, or maybe you're, uh, leaving office and you know you're getting ready for the next person to step in line or whatever and you're like nobody knows how big of a pain in the butt you guys were more than me so let me give you yeah. <laughs> it's like people would be like oh he's just cranky he's just mad jealous angry you know whatever nobody right. would take this well and i just imagine i'm like were they sitting there listening to moses and like at the end was there like a cheers and applause <laughs> and, yeah or is it like wait he said what now it's just like he's 20 years 120 years old he's not gonna remember much longer yeah like, we're going into the promised land but apparently we suck <laughs> 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 sorry that's that's where my mind went well he would not have been a good football coach i mean that, that's not, right that's not a very motivating speech guys we're coming out after the half we're winning but let me tell you i know you guys you're gonna fumble you're gonna intercept <laughs> You will not win much longer. Yeah, you guys are one of the worst teams I've ever coached, and you probably won't listen to me. So let's go out there and have a game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that that is not the great motivating <laughs> speech. Um, and then in thirty-two, the song Moses the motivator. <laughs> well, the, and when we talk ne- next week, we'll, we'll see exactly how wonderful his song is. Um, <laughs> you twisted generation. And it's a long song. Yeah, that'd be interesting how we do this, how we break that up. But that'll be for you guys next week. <laughs> well, I started I started getting through it, so I'm, I'm partway through. I'm just like, like, I haven't really started more than like a skim on it, but I do see words like twisted generation, you crooked and twisted, you're foolish and senseless. These are great motivators. Uh-huh. I'm going to do this my son's football team. Listen here, you foolish quarterbacks. There is no, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not going to want me to come back and coach next year. When I'm done. No, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of going through. I will make my arrows <laughs> drunk with blood. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> um, uh, do I have to put a not safe uh, for children tag on? <laughs> uh, we'll see. We yeah, might we'll, have to put that in afterwards. We'll wait till after the podcast. Um, so yeah, it, it should be uh, very interesting. So do you have anything else on uh the last part of the chiastic structure or no that's that's all i got um and again i know that the podcast says that it goes through um the whole chapter but but 30 fits very well with chapter 32 not so much with with chapter 31 so Um, so this would be the whole chapter with an asterisk yes yeah um and then we were coming to the end of deuteronomy um in fact i was right before the podcast i was upstairs and my daughter's like, so what are you guys talking about tonight? And I was like, Deuteronomy. She's like, how long have you been reading Deuteronomy? I was like, um, it's been a while. 
Um, you know, you know though, a lot of this is uh, we're not done yet, so I can't get my final remarks yet. But a lot of this has really stuck with me in a lot of conversations that I've had. Oh yeah, mine too. Uh, I was in a uh, online chat today talking about social justice and uh, how some people would be upset if you were mandated to give money to a social justice cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, well. The, the Israelites were mandated in Deuteronomy uh, to give to a cause. So, you know, I mean, it's like, how do you wrestle with that? How does that work today? What does that look like when we're not like basically, you know, our high priest is different than the Levitical priest then, but how does right. that look today? So overall, without going too far off the rails here, like it, you know, two years of studying this really has changed a lot of outlook, a lot of my life. And, mm-hmm. um, but hey, I can't say we're wrapping it up yet. We got a couple yeah. more to go, but you yep. know, maybe at the end we'll do a our thoughts and how it's uh, yeah how how it's changed us. Yeah, because so. again, I reference Deuteronomy actually a ton, um, and then it's not you know some people are like, well, that's Deuteronomy. I was like, okay, well, let's see what Jesus said. Yeah. And, hey, and that's so Deuteronomy. Really, yeah, like <laughs> you know, you look at, at at some of the things that Jesus said, and you look at some of the things that Paul says, and you're like, oh, okay, like. Deuteronomy has become actually one of my favorite books of the Bible Um, and not because we spent three years studying it, but because um, and I guess that doesn't translate as much to that many podcasts. But um, that's kind of how long we've been. Wow. The time we've put into it. Yeah, because I I mean, definitely there's there's sometimes when I'm like two chapters ahead and then there's times when I'm still studying to remind myself or to catch up because I had a life. Yeah, because. Yeah, it's, you know, the whole time it has been <coughs> studying it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we there there's days there, there's sometimes where we were just talking about the next couple of weeks and Don's like, well, I got work. And it's like, oh, I got work. And, you know, so, yeah. uh, you know, so it, it definitely has been three years worth of time. But I think we're, what, over 52 podcasts. So at least a yeah. year's worth of, of podcasts. And you lucky dogs that come in today get to just put in from the uh, – you know, oh, we can download all 52. Maybe I, I get to binge watch. I wonder if there's a way I can make that binge available. Like maybe in a big file. I'll have to see. No oh, problem. Where you can like download all of them or something. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't let the cold medicine give me ideas here while I have the mic in front of my face. Okay. So <laughs> no promises are being made. Yeah. But you might get a Netflix season. How yeah. many seasons would that be? Math. Six Math? times eight would be 48. So I would say. Six seasons, if you say an average of eight shows a season. Okay. So seven, six and a half to seven. Oh, so we're going to go on to season eight soon. Yeah. Jeez. So. All right, guys. All right. Cool. Hey, this one's going to be about 10 minutes shorter than normal, but hey. Yeah. Uh, you can pray the rest of your time to work. Yeah. There you go. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.